and welcome to the way too early 2024 FFPC best ball draft stack hunters with my friends Theo Greminger and Dan Williamson. Theo, we'll start with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is a lot of fun. I'm so excited that Dan Williamson is going to be doing content at Player Profiler. I know Dan. He's a great friend of mine. We've we've podcasted together a thousand times at this point. Um, and he's one of the people that I discuss fantasy football with uh, the most in the entire world. Um, so it's uh, it's awesome. It's great. And I know you guys are going to do some Stack Hunter stuff together. I'm going to do some stuff, Dynasty stuff with Dan. I know that he's going to get involved in many, many ways. So this is a great way to break in for Dan with our audience because Dan is also not only really sharp on the content side, Dan is one of the better best ball drafters in the entire country with receipts to prove it and also a great redraft and Dynasty uh, and really a sicko when it comes to auction. So welcome to Player Profiler, uh, Dan. I'm sure the audience will get to know you a lot better uh, throughout the next couple of months. But uh, yeah, man, welcome to welcome to Player Profiler. I'm sorry we're going to have to snipe you tonight. It, it, it's quite all right, um, you know, because you guys don't stand a chance against me, really. Yeah, oh, that's um, right. This, yeah, it's, um, yeah it, it's, it's a thrill to be on Player Profiler. Uh, you know, we at the GOAT District, we spent, uh, you know, the – a good bit of this past year um, putting one show on player po- profiler and uh, just getting the chance to to be there a little bit more full time uh, something that's very exciting to me and also the, the fact that I've got a lot of freedom to uh, get my my hands dirty in a lot of different pies instead of just you know one pie or another so we, we can do a little redraft a little dynasty a little best ball a little auction you name it we can do it so oh it's awesome times. man it's awesome Bradley, yeah. we we uh we'll get back to Dan, but me and you went kind of in between. It started out Christian McCaffrey, then Dan took CD Lamb, and then Justin Jefferson at the 103. We're picking the 104, and we went back and forth. We kind of came down to Tyreek Hill or Brees Hall, and we ultimately ultimately went Tyreek Hill. You want to kind of play that one out for everyone? Yeah. So in my way too early rankings, I have Tyreek Hill just one spot above. Brees Hall and partially structurally it makes sense you know wide receivers full PPR um, you know, start three in this it's a 20 round start three wide receiver uh, best ball build and so Tyreek Hill almost 2,000 receiving yards this past year I love Brees Hall I have him as the running back too but give me the wide receiver and uh, these games can turn into shootouts we saw Tyreek Hill just we we weren't concerned about Jalen Waddle uh, with the target share. It's clearly Tyreek Hill, and I I do have as much as optimism I have about Brees Hall. I do have some fears that the the bottoming out of the Jets offense could still yet again happen. Um, so maybe this is way too early. It's January twenty first. We're drafting right now, but you know we start thinking about how what are the pathways for success. And Tyreek Hill doesn't really have a lot of pathways for failure because Tua didn't play great, especially in the second half of the season. Tyreek still put up a massive season. So I give me Tyreek Hill here with the 104. I'm surprised even that he fell out of the first three. Uh, 20, 22 points per game, pretty easy. And uh, I think we get way too caught up in structure. I think one thing that Dan can kind of maybe talk about a little bit is Dan's always uh, kind of seems to be position averse and makes a dangerous build. And then he really cleans it up in the middle of the draft. And I think, you know, taking Brees Hall there, yeah, you get a potential RB1, but you're also sacrificing a guy who we would bet on to be like 18-plus points per game. 
And I got uh, uh, Dan. I wanted you to talk about your CD Lamb, uh, but we're almost back on the clock right here. But I'll say, Bradley, how crazy is it? Stephon Diggs goes where he just went at the two hundred four. It's like, what, are we drafting last August? Is this Marty McFly in a time machine? Yeah, Diggs. I have at twenty second overall in my way too early rankings. Like back end of the second, maybe early third, but he's played poorly. So as of late, and we know how streaky it is. I I'm not drafting him until the two three turn, not that yeah. early two or four. Okay, so we're we're up next, and I'll say for me, Brandon Ayuk stands out a little bit. Yes, uh, I like you know. I think he he makes a lot of sense for like a dangerous build and potential to stack with other 49ers. Where are you at with like your initial lean when you look at the guys available? Devontae goes. He would have been in there too. Yeah, I love Ayuk. He's my way too early 15th player. I agree with you, San Francisco. We want pieces of this offense. And I mean, yes, Ayuk may have his struggles here and there from week to week, but his spike weeks are there and they match Debo Samuel. And especially if Samuel struggles with injuries, I I think Ayuk is a good pick here. So I'll, I'll lean Ayuk if, it, you know, I'm, I'm happy putting him in. I think he makes us dangerous, especially as a wide receiver too. Uh, and in this best ball format, you know, those spike weeks matter. All right, we locked it in. Okay, so Dan, you know, you could talk about your CD Lamb pick and then maybe talk us through your o- going to be OTC, man, about in two picks away. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, so CD Lamb, I think it's just, you know, a, a super safe pick to, to do at 102 overall. Um, you know, he's he's definitely the alpha in Dallas. Uh, you know, he's he's put himself on a basically on the same plane as Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. And I think he might be the safest of those uh, just because of his youth and his situation. You know, he's got a quarterback that's rock solid. And, uh, you know, so every, everything kind of lines up for him. So uh, I'm interested to see where Jarko is going to go here with his second pick. Um, I have some ideas of what I want to do next, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what he does. All right, so he went Kelsey. Uh, I'm not surprised. I figured Kelsey would probably go around the 2-3 turn. Uh, yeah. But that kind of leaves it open for me. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of bouncing back and forth, but I'm going to – I'm just going to go ahead and put Saquon on the team. Mm. And I, I like Saquon because I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to end up with the Giants, though the Giants still can franchise him next year because they didn't really end up franchising this year. So, Okay, there went Debo. That was one of the guys I had in my queue, so I'm not surprised to see Debo, Debo go there. Alave, all right, and this uh, this leaves me open to uh, just go ahead and take that first quarterback. We're gonna take Lamar Jackson. All right, Theo. All right, so I'll tell you where I want to go, and and you can talk me out of it. <laughs> I want to. I I you know where I want to go. Dan knows where I want to go. I, if he's there, I think I want to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh my God, that's way too early, Theo. Not it's too, it's not going to look. It's not going to look too early in August. It's, it's going to look, look way. It's going to wait look way too early. Your your, uh, your boy your boy Billy no. Muzio took him 18th overall when we no. when we did the did a redraft one. It's way too early. I think. Look at Cooper Cup going. Hey, listen, it's it's Marvin. Mar, I would say Marvin I like Harrison Nico Jr. Collins here. Nico makes some sense, and I will say this: if you want a high end, you can you potential can tight end Trey McBride with, stands out. Stack with Stroud later. 
that's the thing. Is... Not not too much later though. If you take, you know, I think Nico's fine. I but again, Marvin Harrison Jr. I'd rather have. But we're OTC. If you're anti Harrison Jr., where are you at on Trey McBride? I'm also low on Trey McBride. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys have issues to work out. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we, we, we are. We we are willing to go back and forth. Theo and okay, I. Okay, I, uh, I I would like to take or Rashad Harrison White. Jr. Okay, Rashad I, I'll, White. how about we go? How about we go with Nico Collins with the potential yeah. to stack him? Uh, but I will will say effectively, if this was me alone, I'd go Marvin Harrison Jr. and be so excited. Theo wants it on the record. Okay, on and the that, record, I would have gotten MHJ. Yeah, I, th- I think um, getting that potential Nico Stroud stack is going to be nice. Um, and there goes McBride. So people are really high on him. They are very uh, high. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess I get to a certain extent. But the, the problem is, is they're going to be adding weapons in there. And part of McBride's appeal this year was just the fact that there was almost nobody else to catch the There ball. was nobody. Wilson He's... was out. Brown was out. I mean, Zach Ertz was out. James Conner missed a couple games. It was McBride was the only good piece in that Arizona offense. So, of course, he's going to get targeted. I just suggested him as a draft pick. Yeah. And I do think that the the usage is there uh, that he could still, even if they add, like, I fully expect them to add Harrison Jr. or neighbors in the draft, like a real target getter, stud wide receiver. But I still think McBride's, like, done enough. Uh, that he's going to be the the number two target there at the uh, you know at the at the worst. And I think they have a you know they have a quarterback there who loves to use his tight end, and I think that offense will be pointing up. But Dan, it's nuts. The McBride scheme in Dynasty is is insane right now. I put a poll out on Twitter with Brock Bowers, who's like the best tight end prospect we've seen in forever, and he's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft maybe. And he had two national championships, so everybody's seen him play live. Uh, and it was like 66% McBride against Brock Bowers, who's going to be a top five pick. And we're talking about McBride two seasons ago was a Mountain West second round pick who didn't do anything as a rookie and then had a fantastic run. But again, like Dan said, you know, there wasn't target competition. Um, it was sort of a perfect storm for him usage wise. And he stepped up to the plate. Um, but I think people are treating him like he's the next Travis Kelsey right now. And that's a dangerous game to play with uh, any tight end. And certainly, you know, one like McBride. Yeah, he, he might be a little bit closer to that uh, uh, Tyler Higby uh, year a few years ago where, they're, uh, you know, he finished off with like four super strong games and everybody was all up and in him uh, the next year drafting and he just did nothing. Uh, you know, so that's that's the danger there. And I Bradley, if uh, if, uh, if MHJ makes it back around to us, we're taking him. Okay. That's, Please. That's, no, that's fine. I have Marvin Harrison as my 47th overall Which player. Is, how? So, so the well, the end of the fourth round. It's just the right spot. Like, I have him um, ahead of neighbors, obviously, but ahead of, like, George Pickens, ahead of Watson, ahead of Addison. Like, those, those type of players that fall in the fifth and sixth rounds. Uh, I had him ranked ahead of Rashi Rice, who went off here at the 310. So maybe we can, like, suss that out a little bit. Like, Rashi Rice steam right now could go one of two ways. He's been on fire lately, but the Kansas City Chiefs play the Bills later on tonight. Do you expect Rashi Rice will continue to be a third-round pick? I think when it's all said and done, 
that that train has already left the station and the steam for Rashi Rice was going to be incredible. And we saw it two years ago, guys, with Kadarius Tony, where people, you know, Dan, you saw in the FFPC and NFFC redraft leagues where there was a period of time where he was going in that late fifth and people really pushed him up. And that was with no sample size, hardly any sample size. And then with Rishi Rice, you have the recency bias of the second half of the season. And then he's already had one really good playoff game. And he people want want Mahomes' number one target. And it's an anti-Travis Kelsey uh, steam as well. So it's really a perfect storm for him. And this could end up looking... I think this will be about where it's at, though, Bradley. Like, Yeah, he's think- a good player. The PFF receiving grade is there. The yards per route run is there. He's played well. It's not just been a small sample size even with the larger sample size he's gotten better throughout the season we see one three running back team and we see uh we're starting to see the wide receivers start getting cleaned up so this is uh you know i'm happy with our three wide receiver start dan has incredible balance with saquon barkley and lamar jackson dan that barkley pick could look like the bargain of all bargains uh if he ends up leaving new york because the team that he's projected like vegas has Houston, I think, like, plus 700 to sign Barkley if he does hit the open market. So I think that would be, like, the nuts landing spot. I think he'd end up closer to the turn, the one-two turn. Yeah, totally agree. And that's that's part of the appeal. The other part is just, you know, that he's a good all-purpose back. Uh, you know, it would be tough to see the, the Giants be more dysfunctional than what they were this year. Uh, so even if he ends up on the Giants, you know, I, I just expect a little bit of natural regression where he's going to probably uh, – you know, have more chances of touchdowns, uh, have more competent quarterback play, you know, where they're extending drives and, you know, he's, he's just getting more touches in general. What I was kind of hoping was, uh, you know, I thought there might be a chance that Mark Andrews would, would make it all the way back to me with the injury issues he's had. Um, you know, so I was, I was hoping I might be able to put together a little Lamar, uh, Mark Andrews stack, but, uh, of course, uh, it, Larry, uh, the Rednecks, uh, took care of that one. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I think the market's coming back around on, on Mandrews. I think that Mandrews in the third, like you talked about Travis Kelsey going at the two, three turn, I think it'll end up potentially being like a log jam with like those three guys in FFPC leagues where people won't be excited about taking them, but especially in this sort of format, it, like structurally it'll make sense. I just think like this year tight end is kind of you hate betting on like that tight end five through 12 range, but this Mm. year it's really, really, really appealing. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw how good David Njoku was. We saw how good uh, Evan Engram was. We saw George Kittle go over a thousand yards again. Dalton Kincaid will be there. You got to think he maybe takes a step forward in in year two. And he was also very good at times. And then Bowers steam is going to be there too. So there's a lot of appeal um, with those those tight ends. So I don't know. For me, I'm like I feel like Mark Andrews is not a bad pick. If you have Lamar Jackson, that would have been incredible. But it's not like I need him this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. The the appeal to me was just a stack. Uh, but I, otherwise, I'm with you. I think you can you can kind of wait a little bit longer on tight end this year, and uh, you know still come out with somebody pretty decent. All right, Theo, we're on the clock, and I put two guys in the queue. I think and I, I saw before you even put him in. Yeah, Mike Evans should be should have been selected in the third. Mike Evans yeah. is playing incredible. More yeah. likely than not, he's back with Tampa with Baker. And if he doesn't go there, he's picking his own team. It could be Patrick Mahomes in Kansas oh. City. So wheels up. Um, yeah, Mike Evans. 
I think Billy, when we did this process, Billy had him in like the second round. And I think that kind of makes sense based on his quality of play right now and the connection he has with Baker Mayfield. So I have I, uh, Mike Evans as my 30th overall player, so mid third round. And to get him at, at, at the 409, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and we get our classic Bradley Theo four wide receivers uh, start <laughs> in a best ball, and we feel dangerous, and we'll worry about running back when we worry about it. We will. This is our calling card, Theo. Whenever we get on, we uh, we usually start with these heavy wide receivers, and then in the middle rounds, just like bicker about the running backs. Hey, listen, last year we had a, a Tank Dell in the 20th round, and we that did. team was pretty nasty. So You talked me you into know. Tank Dell. We're going to be at this time of year. Oh, wait, Dan's on the clock. Dan, talk it out. Yep. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm tempted to try to push this guy around the corner, but I'm just going to go ahead and get the stack going here. So I'm going to take Zay Flowers. Mm. Nice. And then, Dan, where are you, uh, where are you looking to go on the next pick? Because we're not, we're not live. You can no table yep. talk here. You... Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to be looking to go wide receiver again here. Uh, I feel like that's the play. There's a couple I really like that um, you know I would I, I would be fine having. So, but we'll see where uh, where end times goes here. Yeah, I've, I've I've got right now four wide receivers in my queue. Uh, so for sure, two of them are going to be left after uh, after end times picks. What did you guys think of about Team 5 going with the double tight end? Um, I guess I'm I, I, I mean, I'm struggling to see, you know, the the logic in uh, what he's doing there. But I, I think that the double tight end is not the worst move. I've done it before, but I don't know if you get the, the edge with, with those two right. uh, that you would with, you know, potentially like Bradley and I. Like, I look at this 20-player uh, format where – you can take a number of tight ends and take like more shots on tight end. If you're going to go like skinny at the tight end position, then I'd want probably to go with Laporta and, and start it out like that and then take another guy. So um, I don't know. I don't know how much edge you get with, with Kincaid there. I think they're going to be chasing in a couple spots. Yep, for sure. All right. And uh, the guy I was hoping would be there is there. So we're going to do a little Christian Kirk here. Hmm. So, Bradley, there's a number of ways we could go with this pick. Yeah. I think that tight end is interesting here. Um, I think that quarterback is interesting here. Um, I I also think Malik Neighbors is really interesting here if you want to go with a fifth wide receiver because I think he offers incredible ceiling. At the wide receiver tiers, like, I feel like this could be a tier break at Malik Neighbors. Um, the tight ends, I think are pretty flat. There's still a couple in that like tier that I'm looking at. Um, I'd be okay with waiting or there's a, there is a quarterback that I have in the queue that I'm big in on, but you put in neighbors. Oh, I think I see we can the, push... I see the, I see the quarterback and, and we then, can talk openly about it. Like there's a yeah. chance that we, I'm not, I think sixth round CJ Stroud will, might be, will probably be there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm willing to kind of risk it. I would take our, I think we take, I think we take neighbors and we worry about everything think, else yep. later. I'm here for the neighbors. I'm a sucker for wide receivers. <laughs> and structurally we can take more running backs now. Yes. Uh, there's something to be said with kind of not feeling the need to kind of keep pushing it at wide receiver. 
um because we have i think potentially five wide receiver ones yes. I, we could have an argument about nico collins versus tank dell uh, in terms of total targets but i think nico collins is going to give you like top 18 wide receiver production uh, and tank dell weeks. is coming off the fracture in his leg so there are a couple weeks where maybe he does need some adjustment and he's a smaller player too big ceiling potential I absolutely love tank dell in the best ball but you know it looks like nico collins is your your dominant outside commands 25 percent target share and then he's the yards after catch king now too so yeah. give me give me lots of that and then i think stroud could come back there's other quarterbacks as well that i'm i like and we can stack late i bet you baker mayfield could be late uh, Tua probably falls a little bit in these types of drafts, you know. I think your quarterback, like, the quarterback that we had in the queue, who I also really like, Anthony Richardson, yes, will probably be there in the sixth round as well. Oh, I am going to be drafting a lot of Anthony Richardson this year. He's my like quarterback four. Multiple, multiple oh. uh, top five QB weeks. Uh, and also, I think we have a great deal of faith now in, I think, the Shane Steichen offense with him. Now that Jonathan Taylor is there, I think they're going to franchise tag Pittman. Um, and, you know, I think that team's on the up. I think Richardson, all he's got to do is stay upright. But it wasn't like a lower body injury. It was a shoulder. So yeah. it's not going to affect anything with the running ability. Um, and there goes David and Joku. Yeah, I'm not sure how to suss this out, Theo and Dan. Maybe you guys can offer some insights. Part of me is really optimistic about David and Joku, what they put on in the second half and the way he was targeted. But I'm also concerned about two things. One is that was with Joe Flacco, and we expect Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback in 2024. And the second is they just fired their tight ends coach and their offensive coordinator. So the offense could look a lot different for the Cleveland Browns in 2024, given those changes. So I feel torn about David Njoku, and throughout the offseason, I'm going to be paying attention very closely to how the Browns address this situation. But I, I'm skeptical that David Njoku can replicate just the second half of what we saw uh, this season. And it may, as Dan alluded to earlier, it might be the Tyler Higby, Tyler Higbeast situation. So maybe Dan or Theo, you guys want to chime in too. I'm, I'm a little bit less worried about uh, the offense there in Cleveland because I, you know, I think it's still going to be the Kevin Stefanski offense. Uh, he's just going to have a new offensive coordinator running it. Uh, you know, so as far as like the, the play design, everything else, I think that's going to be pretty much the same. It's going to be, how does this offensive coordinator put things together? You know, what kind of a game plan does he put together? Uh, so that, that's not why I'd be worried about Njoku. I'd be mostly worried about, you know, Deshaun Watson is, you know, is he going to be as good for Ninjoku, weird enough to say, as Joe Flacco? Uh, you know, because Flacco was just, he was letting it rip, and, uh, you know, he clearly had trust in Njoku. I haven't seen quite that level of trust between Deshaun Watson and Njoku yet. You're starting to see the tight end steam. This is going to be like those pockets of tight end cleanup. We'll probably see Jake Ferguson go in the beginning of the sixth. Uh, he stands out a lot here. Bradley, I would have been ecstatic if, if he came to us in the back end of the sixth. I think he's a little bit underrated right now. You get Hawkinson at the injury discount there uh, yes. for Team 12. That could end up looking really good, depending on what the reports we hear. But you go Bowers, Njoku, Engram, Kittle, Hawkinson, and then we'll throw Jake Ferguson in this mix. That's why I think like tight end so strong this year, where we've seen in years past people attempting these kind of bully tight end looks 
I think you'll see more when we get to like main event season uh, and in best ball where people are trying to hit like two tight ends in this range. And Dan, I'd even argue that the team with McBride and Kincaid, like they could have gone Kincaid and one of these guys mm-hmm. and potentially had similar results with the with the great structure and their team could have gone with, you know, a Rashad White or a Josh Allen uh, and had maybe been a little more dangerous mixing it up. Yeah, I, I, I just felt like both of those tight ends were reaches there, uh, which made it really tough. Oh, there goes Anthony Richardson. Yeah, so, so yeah. we're we're I think we're we're automatic CJ Stroud here, Bradley. If we yeah. want the stack, we don't mess around with it. Team one nope. has no QB, um, and if he's not there, I think we're kind of wide open. Ferguson and Stroud make the most sense structurally for us. I don't think there's a running back that we like absolutely have to take here. Nope. Um, I I'm in lockstep with you about CJ Stroud. Ferguson, he crushed, you know, against the Packers. Uh, I wonder how they bring along Shoemaker in year two because Ferguson's not a super athlete, but the role is great. Like, whoever the Dallas tight end is, it's going to be a tight end one. So, I mean, you could go Ferguson, but maybe if we miss out on Ferguson, I think Shoemaker is like a last-round tight end consideration. I think Shoemaker is like an H-back, and I think that he'll be a role player. And we've seen second-round tight ends not hit. Ferguson showed us so much this year that I think he's on an upward trajectory. The guy just had three touchdowns in a playoff game, and also he led all tight ends in red zone looks during the year. So, And target-wise, guys, 96 targets for like a a first-year full-time player um, was really, really promising. So I think Ferguson's a little more safe than, than some um, you know, I had him as a guy to trade for in a, in a dynasty article, like a buy high article, because I think you're getting like the the upside for Ferguson could be higher than a couple of those guys that went in the fifth round. If he takes a step forward, you know, we're talking about a year two guy and he took this big of a leap after being like a complete backup in year one to Dalton Schultz. And it doesn't hurt that that Dak Prescott could make Dan or I like tight end 15 next year. <laughs> it's, it's fair. <laughs> very, very, very true. Um, I, I would also say, you know, just that Dak really, you know, he locks in on guys. Um, he's He's been locked in on uh, Lamb. He's been locked in on Ferguson. Ah, and, there he goes. Yep, there he goes. Whew. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm a, like Theo, I'm a little bit less worried about Schoonmaker. Um, I do think that uh, Ferguson is the primary receiving tight end all year. So we'll see. Bradley, you know, in retrospect, you know, the neighbors or the like Evans and neighbors, I think were fantastic values, but I'm, I'm just looking right now. Uh, there's less of an edge type picks. Oh, then Stroud goes. So now we're kind of, yeah. in a, we're in a little bit of a jam here <laughs> in terms of what we want to do. I think the edge could be going back to the running back spot or building a completely new stack and going with Dak. Cause I think after Dak, there's, a little bit less of an edge uh, quarterback-wise if we're looking to like limit the number of quarterbacks on this team. We could go Dak. We could go running backs. I have Josh Jacobs around this area. Jacobs um, fine. As I, a good value. Yeah, I mean, he'll sustain vol- volume no matter where he goes. It's still, it feels a little bit like it could be a Miles Sanders-like pick from last year, but we've actually seen Josh Jacobs be RB1-type production. And throughout but, different coaches, too. You know, Yeah, I'm okay with Jacobs. I don't think he's bad here. I don't think we get a huge edge out of it, but we have another pick in the seventh, and at least we get an RB off the board. Yeah. Uh, Jacobs, is, Jacobs is fine. And I, I think that they want him to be a Raider, again, especially with Pierce coming back. Like, I think yeah. there was a connection there. Pierce went out of his way 
to praise Josh Jacobs whenever he could. Um, certainly, I think we've seen the best fantasy season of his career out of Jacobs, but the volume with Pierce, multiple 20-carry 20, 20 games. So yeah. lock him in. It's fine. It's not as sexy as Malik Neighbors, but it's no. fine. <laughs> Malik Neighbors, very sexy pick. Yeah, very Josh, sexy. Josh Jacobs, I think, is a, is a great uh, zero RB, uh, you know, first running back for that kind of build. Uh, Dan, you're 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 one pick away here. Who are yep. you looking at? And just to recap, Dan's draft: C.D. Lamb in the first, Saquon Barkley in the second round, Lamar Jackson in the third, and then he came back with double wide receivers Zay Flowers and Christian Kirk. And Dan, you're OTC right now. Talk it out. Yeah, there's not much talking to do. We're going to take Terry McLaurin right here. He's going to have mm-hmm. a new quarterback. Uh, I'm 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 liking the looks of that. I like that one. Yeah, that could be a big time because Terry McLaurin has just he struggled with different quarterbacks. He's play he's put up some strong efficiency metrics, but you know, we've seen some inconsistency due to the quarterback play. We're waiting for that to hit. Washington is definitely in contention for trading up or they're gonna select the quarterback at two. So we'll see who becomes that. But whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake may, or there's been some Daniels talk about being the quarterback too in this class. I don't hate it, but I think Washington, if there's going to be a team that trades up, it's going to be Washington. I'm glad that Jordan Addison just went off the board because if he came back around to us, I was going to make us take another wide receiver there. (laughs) Um, But I'm actually a little surprised that Jackson Smith and Jigba went ahead of Addison Dan, were, yeah. was it between McLaurin and Addison for you, or is McLaurin clearly ahead? Um, I have McLaurin ahead right now just because we we feel like we have an idea that they're going to improve the quarterback position, and I think that's basically all that he needs. Whereas Addison, uh, we've, we've got some more questions about what's going on at quarterback with the Vikings. Hopefully it's it's Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, for fantasy. Uh, but you know, that's not guaranteed either. So um, I think there's a lot of question marks. He's he's the second receiver on his team, whereas McLaurin is more of the primary. So, all right. And we're going to take um, Dallas Goddard here. Just because I feel like he's a, you know, he's a solid pick. If you're getting Goddard at tight end 13, I mean, what's what's to complain about there? We had um, him in the queue. That's a great pick, Dan. Yeah. So. I'd say, I think that's a really, really good value. Um, yeah. And Pitts, Pitts, for that matter, at the seven hundred one. Yeah, you know, I, w- I would have taken. I was kind of hoping Pitts would come around because then I would have probably taken him. Uh, and Dan, Dan, Dan never wants to take Pitts in years past. So now we've reached the point <laughs> he needed. He needed Pitts to age like a like a wine before Dan this would open it up. Round seven well, Pitts. There okay, you go. so yeah, so yeah Pitts has aged like dandelion wine. Let's be we're, let's we're be all clear, but we're OTC here. OTC here, uh, Bradley. I think that the most dangerous pick uh, is Dak. I think we don't so have too. any correlation, but he stands out. I'll throw out the only other one that I would consider here. I like Tajay Spears here in the seventh round because I think he could move up to like the fifth uh, if some things bounce right for him this offseason. Yeah. But I but think, I think Dak, we lock in Dak. Lock in Dak. We get our quarterback one out of the way. And we can yeah. go like fragile at the QB position with Dak. I don't think we need to go, you know, once Dak is like the cutoff line for, for like fragility, if you're using that term in best ball. Like, we could do a two QB build. We could do a th- it's probably a three QB build because we don't know the, no uh yeah we don't know landing spots for rookies and all that yet. 
And Dak Prescott, quarterback four this past year in terms of best ball value rating, like he was, he crushed. Only Lamar, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen were better. And we'd seen in previous years Dak Prescott be a top five quarterback in terms of best ball value, best ball points added. So while we don't have C.D. Lamb, which I was kind of surprised that you know the the seven hundred two didn't go Dak given that spot because he probably wasn't going to come around back to him at eight. So I st- we're out stack hunting here and uh, maybe snack, stack sniping. Well, let's you, talk uh, about our, our build here. So yeah. we ran down Dan was at C.D. Lamb, Saquon, Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, Dallas Goddard. And then for our team, Bradley, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, Malik Neighbors, five straight wide receivers. And we balanced out a little bit with Josh Jacobs and Dak Prescott. We have no tight end yet in the tight end premium FFPC. And there goes Ty J J Spears, one pick after us, guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the steam is there for for Ty J right now. Um, It's kind of like Rashad White last offseason. Is that Hubbard? Chuba Hubbard. No. No, Dave Hubbard. Dave Dave Hubbard. Hubbard. (laughs) Might be be Dave Hubbard. (laughs) Jackie Moon goes Dave Hubbard probably has so many, so many, uh, so many, like, you know, aliases in the the best ball streets. (laughs) I, so, I'm telling you, I, I, I think he's, I think Meehan is one of the, the names he uses. Possible. Roma Dunze goes in the seventh. I think that's great value. He could go ahead of neighbors. Um, I think they'll both be top 10 picks in the NFL draft. Studs. Yeah. Odunze, I had 61 overall. So that's a strong pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Pickens goes off right after. I think in best ball, Pickens is a great as a good pick in this in this type of situation where you are starting three wide receivers we saw the big spike weeks and then quarterback couldn't get any worse frankly for pittsburgh this past year you start trubisky some games you start Pickett some games start mason rudolph and george pickens at the end of the seventh i like it this is uh this is like when it becomes kind of the wild, wild west because ADP is yes. not set and people are, you know, trying to build out structure. So we see a running back run here. I like the Derrick Henry value a lot. Oh, it's huge. Um, really good value because I think he's, you know, he basically said a fond farewell. I think it's going to be Baltimore. And I think he'll, he'll shoot up uh, ADP after that because they wanted to trade for him. It seems like an easy replacement, you know, if you want to have a sort of a sort of an upgrade to Gus Edwards, um, and it just makes sense for that guy to go to a winning team like Baltimore and chase a ring. And with J.K. Dobbins' progression unsure with the injury, I mean Derrick Henry, we he don't you don't need a lot of efficiency from him because you're not going to get it. It was pretty low this year in terms of I think he was outside the top thirty in yards created, yards per carry. Uh, but Derrick Henry thrives on the volume, and we know Baltimore will just handed off handed off and he's held up pretty much his entire career right so Bradley and, and, and Dobbins also is a free agent so um, we, we have that as well so Bradley I, I would say we're kind of wide open here I'll say that the edge right now the edge kind of appears to be in my opinion quarterback or running back uh, because we could go and take a second quarterback and kind of shut it down. Um, yeah, and have I see who you have there, and I like a couple it. guys. A couple guys there. Yeah, there's. Um, I like him, and there's. Let me see. There was one other quarterback that made sense, but 
I, I think I think well we could talk openly. Yeah. I think Justin Herbert and Kyler yes. Murray make some sense right here. I think that's um, great. I have them in that that tier. I also like Brock Purdy if he comes later. I'm not sure because of our stack with Ayuk, but I mean the Herbert value is too good here. With with you know I think the Herbert value. But you're so you're officially Herbert ahead of uh, ahead of Kyler in in your rankings right now. I have Kyler and Herbert back to back. So again, I see them. I and there goes Purdy. And I think both of them are are just solid values, and I love the idea of just going fragile, having two quarterbacks, and then we'll be able to make up for it. Like, because we're going to be chasing tight end in the yeah. in the second half, and tight mm-hmm. ends one of those spots in FFPC where if you choose to go this route, like Bradley and I, it's really hard to like go, hey, I'm going to get a bunch of tight ends from round 16 through 20. You want to have those guys that are going to have at least some predictable volume, predictable targets. Um, running back and wide receiver, we can kind of make up for it in those last couple rounds. If we're yeah, we don't have to really end, hit wide receiver because yeah. those guys yeah, are all done. going to hit our lineup. Yeah, if, if anything, we're looking for correlation. Uh, if we take Kyler, maybe a Michael Wilson or something like that later on. Um, but I think Justin Herbert's gone. We're two picks away. If Kyler's there, I say we take him. Yes. Um, and then if not, who's your favorite running back on the board? Um, I like Swift. I also, and maybe we can discuss this a little bit, but you know, Raheem Mostert is still there too. I don't know. I, I think it's playing with fire. Oh, okay, so Kyler goes, and we're we're nice. OTC. I I I think you know you kind of hit it with Swift. Either he's back in Philadelphia next year, or he goes and 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 I is think on he a goes somewhere team. else because they get a compensation pick. Yep. Yeah, they'll get a compensatory pick. So. I don't. I don't think that he did well enough in Philadelphia where they're going to feel particularly tied to him. He's got the the. Uh, I th- I also th- don't think it's out of the question he takes a, a hometown discount. Guys, he's from Philly, um, so we'll see where that goes. I'm okay taking him. It does feel like kind of a purgatory pick, though. Uh, is there another direction you want to go with the running back, Bradley? Uh, we could go Swift, and then we can revisit later that's fine so let's let's take swift um it's not that great but it's not he's not going to zero no okay so we got deandre swift as our rb2 he was like rb20 this year in best ball yeah. value rating like it's fine like he fills the spot and maybe we can take some upside swings later on handcuffs yeah. that's totally fine the one thing that's great about this rookie class is the the whole like narrative that this running back class is horrible is going to create a lot of early best ball values. Uh, yes. I think you have to be willing to take rookie running backs in this in this class, um, even with kind of like the ambiguity on some ADP. Those are how you build these monster builds. And then the overhyped sleeper did not like my Raheem Mostert no. comment. He gladly, <laughs> gladly, gladly goggles, goggles him up right there. It's Devon oh, A-Chain was... season, guys. Takes a step forward. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Mostert's still got less than 700 career carries. Can you believe that? doesn't even matter. I don't care how old he is. He's still fast. He's got a nose for the goal line. He's been, you know, at, at least as durable as Achan. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I in the eighth round, you know, this is this is best ball. We are looking for upside at this point, and I don't see a running back that has the upside that Mostert does. So, Theo, there's a couple other players that I'm going to put in the queue we can discuss uh looks like Justin Fields just went off that was one of them that i was thinking about but uh a player who's dropped really far i think is Austin Eckler uh 
We don't have no. to take him here, but he's. I think he's dust. You think he's dust? I think he's dusty. Getting dusty. I think. I mean, I, I guess here is okay, but it's kind of like a guy that I'm. I'm just not excited about it. I'd rather. I don't feel dangerous yeah. at all taking him. I think that there's. And there Let's goes see. Nick Chubb. Uh, like if Brian Thomas here. I mean, yeah, so if you, if you want to go back to the wide receiver well, we could take Brian Thomas and kind of shut it down completely. Well, let me look at Let me, Brian Thomas. You want Brian Thomas? I would rather take Brian Thomas, who I think could be a top 15 pick. All right, we're going to go Brian Thomas, wide receiver. Done. Boom. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's a type of player uh, at running back. I if we're really high on Washington to rebound and Caleb Williams to rebound, um, and Antonio Gibson is a free agent, shouldn't we be at least interested in the unsexy pick of Brian Robinson, probably in round ten or eleven? I'm I'm fine taking Brian Robinson. He's shown enough. And he was productive last year, and he showed an ability to catch the ball, uh, you know, and they used him in the screen game a lot more than we even anticipated. Do you think Biennemi is going to be the head coach at Washington, or are they going to pick someone else? Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver we just took. I thought you were talking about you were talking about oh. <laughs> Brian Robinson before, right? <laughs> the, the Washington, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, Brian, Running yeah. Back. I was, yeah, yeah, Brian Robinson. Yeah, Brian Robinson. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think Brian Robinson is is probably, you know, he goes in the eighth round. That probably is a little bit low. I think that it'll kind of settle out, and he'll probably go a little bit oh, higher. Oh, he went off. I didn't even see that. I missed that. Yeah, he went off. He went off in the eighth. Um, Shoot. But still, it's like the argument with the Chuba Hubbard versus Brian Robinson. Like, you know, with those kind of guys, you're just hoping that there's not yeah. competition landing there. And I think this draft class is kind of beat up, but there's a lot of like Washington has a ton of picks this year. They have a ton of high picks. You know, they could potentially take a guy in the third round uh, to replace Antonio Gibson, and that could be a threat to Brian Robinson. Also, you know, with the new offensive coordinator uh, there and new offensive scheme, maybe that Brian Robinson doesn't get quite the target. So I think he's fine, though. He's shown enough that, uh, you know, this, this – where does he go? Running back 25? Like, I think that's fine. So, Theo, we need a tight end. Yes. And a lot of our the good tight ends have gone off the board at this point. I think that we've you know sap, seen a lot of value sap from that position. And the rookie number one is Brock Bowers going in the fifth round. The second consensus tight end in this class is Jatavion Sanders. How early are we thinking Jatavion can go off the board here? I, I don't think you take Jatavion Sanders uh, ahead of like a, a Fryermuth, um, who's got a, a little bit more of established. I'm into Sanders. I think I have him yeah. uh, like 13th overall in single QB. Um, but again, that's it, it's tough betting on him as our as our tight end one. You yes. also have Luke Musgrave, um, where there's something to be said about taking Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft and just banking it. Yeah, because one of those guys or both of them are going to be getting the touchdowns. We loved what Jordan Love did yeah. this past year. Like, I think... Tight end's just funny right here. It's like, if you go by ADP, Waller, Fryermuth, Musgrave. Waller's uh, dust. If there's a yeah, dust. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take, that's what I'm saying, I don't want to take, I don't want to take Waller. But I, you could talk me into, into Fryermuth, um, you know, rebounding. We've seen him have two solid fantasy seasons. 
this year he had one big game and then it was like nothing. Um, it doesn't feel great. But again, Michael Mayer just... may be a good value. Yeah, but I think Mayer, like, you don't need to push it. I don't, nope. know, I don't know if, like, I'd rather yeah, take Musgrave here, and then but... come back around and, and potentially take Kraft. And uh, running back is still interesting here, Bradley. There's still a bunch of values. I think so, too. There are still available Jalen Warren. He's going to get you 10 points, like, every yeah. day. That's It's not sexy, but it's also a great value at this point of what you're going to get. He's not going to zero you. And then, I mean, Devin Singletary, he's clearly the Houston RB1. I like the the two rookies and taking a shot on Blake Corum and Braylon Allen in this range um, because I think both those guys could land on day two and they could land quite well. Um, you know, when you start getting the 10th, 11th round, I think this is when you start taking shots on these running backs. Yeah, he's Braylon kid, Allen looks pretty good. I like Braylon Allen a lot. He's my RB one. I think there's some risk on the, on the uh, like the draft capital and the landing spot. But he's 19 years old right now. I don't think you yep. leave. Like I don't think a player like that from Wisconsin with that sort of pedigree and and uh, production is just like running to the league without some kind of uh, you Assurances. know a little bit of an expectation that he's going to be like a third round pick, uh, maybe a second round pick. I mean, we saw. Travion Henderson return <laughs> yeah, because of anticipated draft capital that he wouldn't be in the day two pick. Yeah. Which is also a weird one though, Bradley, because now he's dealing with, with competition in Ohio state from uh, uh, with, Judkins. Jud- with Judkins getting there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not going to help Henderson either if he just returns to school and now he becomes the, an older running back with more tread on the tires to make some NIL money. So I think it's kind of like, I don't know. It's I should have, you know, he should have been making a lot of NIL money. I'll tell you that because he's pushing back his second contract by a year or two. So that's and, right. You know, that's that to me is the real danger point with sticking in, uh, you know, college for one more year. It's it's a new time, guys. It's a new time. But Bradley, I'm OK uh, pushing the Braylon Allen button here. I'm fine with it. I think that looking later, there are also some running backs I'd like later, too. But Braylon Allen. Sure, we can uh, we can click that Wisconsin running back, but Jalen Warren's fine here as well, um, and I think this this range makes sense for him in best ball. Let's see where let's see who's going to be available because you know Jalen Warren probably just goes in the next few picks. I bet Rednecks take him. Net Rednecks is going to take Jalen Warren. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance. Yeah, and I I, I think uh, Meehan is Hubbard because uh, he shows up as David in the, uh, the chat room so. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's uh, that's got to be a Hubbard team, which totally makes sense because, you know, when he likes a player, he doesn't care. And he, I know he likes McBride and Kincaid, so. Yeah, Build out the teams. He, I know he likes Spears a lot, too. It's kind of like Warren Spears. goes off here. Okay, so Warren goes off the board. Uh, I put Allen and Corum into the uh, the queue. Maybe this is my anti-Michigan bias. <laughs> 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 uh, Braylon Allen uh, is probably going to be the probably who we're going to click click a Rooney. But uh, there are some later running backs. I wonder where the Zamir Whites of the world, the Jerome Ford, especially if Nick Chubb isn't back yet. 
Um, Ty Chandler could still be the running back one at Minnesota. Okay, so Zach Charbonnet goes. We've just seen uh, Jalen Warren go off the, off the board. I think you could go. I think you can go with one of the rookie running backs here. If yep. you don't like Corum, I think we go Allen. Uh, and I, I think that a couple of those running backs you mentioned are going to be there in the eleventh round. I mean, Allen will probably be there too. It's more who do you want to draft than uh, that we haven't trying to anticipate ADP right now. Yeah, this is our we're setting the ADP, Theo. Like <laughs> you got it, you got it. So let's yeah, go let's uh, let's drive Braylon Allen ADP way up. Let's do it. It's a good thing you guys did it because he was stopping Mike Hughes. So, so Bradley, you don't like Blake Corum? Explain. No, it's just it's just anti-Michigan bias. That's completely it, Theo. There's no. He's a great player, and I think it's a. Uh, so technically, Michigan... it was the Fighting Irish who broke off the uh, the agreement if you want to get technical because it was the athletic director from no i know you're like anybody not listening bradley is a a proud notre dame alum and a huge irish fan but when you get technical with it it was the notre dame ad who didn't like dave brandon when he was at michigan and uh jammed him and he basically handed him a note before a michigan notre dame game uh when it was a notre dame home game and saying that we're we're ending the contract now and there was three games set, so basically he assured that Notre Dame got the final one as a home game, and Michigan only got one home game out of like the final three. Um, Brandon was apparently not a not a great guy, um, but he jammed him up, and it was Notre Dame who ended it. So, you know, your Michigan bias, Bradley, should have an asterisk on it. Uh, it is okay. It's okay, I suppose. I live with my wife is a big Michigan fan, so we love conquers all, I suppose, but. <laughs> That's one that we I have to swallow every year because Michigan's been very competitive under the Jim Harbaugh regime. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's taking yeah, an NFL job. 100%. It... Well, I'll say this. I live on, on Long Island, and we have a, like a lot of Penn State and Michigan people around me. You see more Michigan fans coming out of the woodwork after they win the national championship wearing all this Michigan gear at like the gym and all over town. I'm like... You know, we didn't see you wearing a Michigan anything three years ago, and now you're you're showing up. So it's a little, uh, you know, they deserve it. You know, that's a big one. And there's the team one did the did the idea of Green Musgrave Bay, Craft. Yeah. So I'm really glad we didn't take Musgrave there, where we could have gotten sniped on on Craft right there. Right. But uh, Bradley, we don't want to mess too too much with um, don't want to mess too too much with tight end. Uh, I think one of our next two picks should probably be one, even if it's one we're uncomfortable with. Yeah, I think uh, looking at but that the, being said, the one of them is going to wrap around. One of them could wrap around. So if you want to go with a Zamir White, a Jerome Ford, a Roshan Johnson, a no, Blake I think Forum. we're going to be able to get a couple of those on the way back. Sure. Uh, I think looking at tight end, like maybe is this the spot to take Waller? I mean, all he's got to do is get you, you know, six games next right. year as you take him in the spot. I mean, he did try to come back His this year. His upside is so massive, though, still. We saw that, but it's the... Yeah. So take Waller. And if it's yeah. a dead pick in the 11th round, a dead pick in the 11th round happens. Go for I it. I mean, dead picks in the fourth round happened for both <laughs> yeah. of the Best Ball Mania winners. So that's... <laughs> I mean, both... we don't need him to be anything more than have a couple of spike weeks. And we that's need it. new. But new, I think New York, it's actually crazy to me. Because I think that if we looked at the Giants franchise and we were running it, 
They allowed the second most sacks of all time this year. And last year, they weren't, weren't good protecting the quarterback either. But second most all time, um, like comically high stat in a, a sack, sacks allowed. And they're, they're still projected to maybe go wide receiver because they're so bad at the wide receiver spot. So I would go offensive tackle if I was the Giants and just, you know, I would suck it up and just try to get that offensive line better. But I think they might pass that up. Um, that being said, for Waller, the appeal with Waller was, you know, that he could be potentially the number one target there this year. If they draft one of these guys like Neighbors or Adunze at, in the top six, uh, then it's not, you know, as clear. But Waller, again, can just be okay. You don't, you're not, last year you were drafting him. He had to be really, really good. Now, now right. it's, he can just be okay. And, you know, these older tight ends can, still produce like we saw the massive spike weeks this year from waller in his limited samples but we also saw some dud games probably because of the quarterback play and if they address quarterback either in free agency um, or they don't have somebody coming off of the street you know and it's not Tarod taylor i mean Tarod taylor actually looked like a competent nfl quarterback but man oh man the, the yeah. Giants have a lot of needs, and one of them isn't tight end. So Darren Waller, I think, is an okay pick here. Yeah, I, I, I don't see him going tight end there. I think, uh, you know, part of what you got to keep in mind, though, is Tommy DeVito took a ton of sacks, and those were not all on his offensive line. Uh, so just by cleaning up the quarterback position, they might clean up uh, some of those sacks. Uh, so, Bradley, we're, we're coming back around. I think that QB is interesting. We're starting to see the tight end run. Like, if you want... Gosh, you know, Michael Mayer didn't really do anything as a rookie. But so did Trey McBride. You know, this is Trey McBride 2.0 I'm okay. No, that's what Notre I'm saying. Dame guy. I'm saying, do you risk it with Michael Mayer? Dan's going to take Isaiah Likely. So if <laughs> yeah. we want Isaiah Likely, we got to take love- him. I love likely, but yeah, Dan's going to take him. Just looking he's at Dan's take, team. He's um, going to snipe us. <laughs> Tyler Conklin goes there. So look, the Tyler Conklin's and the, this is what we're talking about with going fragile at the tight end position. Like we can't make up tight end from like rounds 18, 19, 20. It's no. the wrong position to bet on that deep. Uh, some guys hit, but it's just, it's, it's like throwing darts. Um, no, I like Michael Mayer here as that Mayer possibility as a, as a year two, takes a step forward type guy. I think Jatavian Sanders is not the worst here. Isaiah likely would make sense, but we can't do that to Dan in his first uh in his first draft <laughs> with us. Um we are we are sniping. You guys, you guys do what, whatever you want to do. I mean don't worry about me over here. I'll I'll be all right. You know and then especially when it comes to tight end. You know quarter, I've always got a backup plan. <laughs> quarterback wise you know I don't love it. But Baker Mayfield here, with our Mike Evans correlation, you could potentially add a Cade Otten, you know, a little bit later, and you got something there with a little Baker stack. Yeah, I like the Baker Mayfield as like a floor. He's not going to bottom out on you. Oh, he could bottom out. Baker could. We've seen it. (laughs) We've seen it. But it's still like. Oh, is he bottoming out right now? Live. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. But, I was just but like, I, mean, I hadn't in, checked. Like... Okay, so we're OTC here. So if you want to go, if you want to go with Mayer, uh, I'm okay with it. 
and we're taking a bet that he takes a big step forward in, in year two, and we're getting yeah. a tight end that we know will be a starter, and yes. we know we'll have you know predictable weekly usage. Yes, and we saw yeah. a couple spike weeks, a couple touchdowns year one, uh, but was able to increase his usage with Austin Hooper. Probably going to yeah. move on. Go with it. I think Mayer, it's a good bet for year two. So we've got that asymmetrical upside of youth spike or youth possible spike weeks, age possible spike weeks. But we, I, I'm trying to move away from the Tyler Conklin types to be drafting. I'd rather just take these mayors that could be something massive, the Darren Wallers that could be something massive. But taking a few of them so that because you know inevitably one or many of them may may falter so that's kind of the the philosophy i'm trying to take now with the tight ends and it's really frustrating because last year i took a lot of Taysom hill and boy did he have spike weeks but uh the late decision to switch him to quarterback kind of kind of messed me over a little bit so it is what it is so dan you're otc right now i like uh what you've done with khalil herbert chase brown building up your running back uh, team. And I love Chase Brown there in the 11th. I think that's mm. such good value. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good value too. And I'm just going to go ahead and take one more guy that I think is a really good value that I was considering at the 1102, Ty Chandler. Minnesota and bias. Dan, what do you think? What do you think? You think that, that uh, are you betting on Ty Chandler holding that job or being a big part of a, of a committee? In Minnesota I, next year, I'm betting on him being part of a committee. I mean, I think they've got to sign uh, a running back or two, but it's going to be cheap running backs. Uh, they've the the Vikings have enough other problems; they don't really need to be worrying about about their running back that much. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of see this as being a spot where uh, Chandler probably is going to hold some value. Now, Bradley, for us, we're we're coming. Dan, you're actually you're still. Did you get your pick in? No, you're all OTC no, still. I gotta, I, yeah, he's yeah, OTC. I, gotta, gotta I think we, we can hit on running back or quarterback. I think yeah. that's what we're looking at right now. Um, I like I like the a couple of those running backs in the queue. And well, I'll say there's one there's one very appealing tight end if we wanted to to kind of triple tap our tight end position here. After Dan picks. Yeah. No sniping, Dan. No, okay, so that was So that was one of the two tight ends. And I know Dan Dan I like the argument with Hunter Henry. Dan and I have Hunter Henry in, on a on a dynasty team together. But Baker Mayfield goes there, so Bradley, that takes that out of consideration. I think yes. here we go I'll throw out this to you. I think that Drake May makes us some sense as a quarterback option. Yes, um, because he's going to be a starter with upside. He's got he can scramble. Um, I'll say if you want to go with a running back, Zamir White and Jerome Ford w- and and Blake Corum Those... all make sense. And Jatavian Sanders, if you want to go tight end. So I think it's five guys. It's a structure yeah. thing. Unless you want to go running back, then we'll talk it out. So Drake May, Jatavian Sanders. Or... I think some of those running backs could come back to us. Yes. So I think it comes down to May or Sanders. And so I would say this, like. Sanders could come back around. I think Drake May is our QB two. We still have to take a third quarterback. Your choice. Let's go with Drake May and risk that Sanders comes back around. Okay, take Drake May. That's a good pick. Yeah, 
I think that's that's going to be solid. We don't know necessarily the landing spot, but it's probably going to be what Washington, Washington or New, New England. England, or somebody New trades England. up because they fall in love with them. Yeah, and so New England, that's going to be a wild one. I'm I'm not sure, but that might also be the the D'Amico Ryan's 2.0. New England gets their lives together. Well, that's the thing. It's like all these people want to keep like burying New England as a landing spot for people. We have no idea who the offensive coordinator is. They're right. going to have completely yeah. different offensive personnel. They're probably uh, going to think... bring in a wide receiver or two in the free agency. Demario Douglas is not going to be your wide receiver one. Like I, I like Douglas, but he's not going to be that guy. There goes Jatavian right. Sanders. Ah. And there goes Jerome Ford. Um, I think Zamir White would almost be a no-brainer for us, Bradley. Yes. Even with the Josh Even Jacobs with Jacobs, because it could be a blackjack split, too. If Jacobs yes. does leave, you could end up with a starter or a huge part of a committee that we saw have success with the same head coach that's going to be there. And I love Blake Corum here if he's back around. I think Blake Corum's going to be a day-two pick. I think people don't want to like Corum because he's kind of, like, not super exciting. And, again, I think the market's trying to beat up running back in this draft class. It's not the last two years. We don't have Jameer Gibbs or Bijan or Brees Hall. But I think a bunch of these guys are going to be values. I love when people criticize uh, running backs in this class because it's going to be – you play Dynasty, get those second-round picks. You're going to have a bunch of running backs falling to you For in the sure. second round. They're going to be really appealing. Yeah, some some even in the third round probably. You're right. You're absolutely right, Dan. Because I, I, I think a lot of the running backs in this class are probably going to be day three guys, kind of like the last class. And, yeah. Uh, you know, prim- primarily day three guys, which is going to – you know, and when you're looking at, you know, can I, I can take a day two wide receiver or a day three running back, um, you know, probably more people are going to want to take that day two wide receiver. And it's just going to push those running backs down. Yeah, I'm also, we can definitely take some late swings at, at running back. I think there's also a few wide receivers that, uh, rookie wide receivers that can still be selected as well that are going to be good values coming out. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a few. I, mm-hmm. Both the Texas the ones, both the Texas wide receivers are on the board. Uh, Xavier Leggett still on the board. Dantes uh, Walker, uh, Devontez Walker, who I think I was probably too low on in my initial rankings, um, looks like he's going to have the higher draft capital. Uh, but it's a, such a deep wide receiver draft. It's ridiculous right now. They're all big, too. There's multiple yes. players with like size and athleticism. Um, there's some smaller guys too, um, but but it's really exciting. It's like a weird outlier alpha year. There goes Zamir White too. Good. You and I are in lockstep about these wide receivers that I think are, frankly, going to be undervalued. But we're not in lockstep on Marvin Harrison Jr. though, because I'm willing <laughs> to steam him way up there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And the, I honestly, at that turn, I almost went uh, at the four or five turn. I almost went with Malik Neighbors instead of Christian Kirk. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the one spot that I'm kicking myself most on. Bradley, I'll say one tight end in this range. Uh, now that Sanders is off the board, that I think we can bet on being out there on the field, and we've already seen some fantasy success from. And it's funny because if he was a stock, it would be like massive swings in the market. Yes, is Chigakonkwo with a right. different offensive philosophy. We've already seen the guy, you know, excel on an NFL football field. Uh, we have questions about their skill position players next year. 
why can't Chikakonkwo at least be a guy that returns value here? Like, if I told you a year a year ago that Chig would be going behind oh. KDOT, no, oh, there he goes. But still, for him to fall the 14th round, and you're seeing him go behind like Kate Otten, like Hunter Henry, I think that's valid that those guys went ahead of Chig. But like last year, we're talking about a guy who steamed up incredibly high during the offseason. Yeah, he was a player I was uh, worried about because of environment and the small sample size. He put on great efficiency, but he still only played like 55, 60% of snaps max, even when he pushed, tried to push Austin Hooper out of the way. So he was a player I wasn't drafting very much, especially when he was steamed up to like 10th round, 11th round. And uh, in, in your one, in your non tight end premium drafts, but in your tight end premium drafts, he was getting single digit draft round capital so you know chicken conquo the the titans are going to massively overhaul that offense but i do think it's going to be another year before they put it all together which means that okonkwo probably won't have a lot of competition as what was he drafted fourth round a fourth round tight end with athleticism and previous production so i i'd like him as a as a spot here 14th round's good value so bradley the only problem here for us is we're we're still chasing tight end and we're down to tight end 28. There's a couple guys who are like free agents. Uh, Noah Fant is going to be a free agent. Gerald Everett's going to be a free agent. It's not exciting, but they need to be on our radar. Uh, and I like where we're at in terms of Xavier Worthy. Um, but again, he's sort of a luxury pick for us because we have so many wide receivers. Blake Corum just goes off the board. Which way are you leaning? If you want correlation, Brandon Cooks is still there too. Yeah, Cooks is there. I think Fant, he he has the draft capital to his name. It's been a long time since he produced, but I think he's been stuck on teams that just have not used him in the right way. Denver for years, and then Seattle was not that Pete Carroll was using three tight ends to rotate through. So Will there be a market for him? Is the question. The I, market's going to have to dictate. Like we don't know which way the market's going to go for him. Gerald Everett's been better more recently. Yeah, he's been better, but be, I think because of the Chargers' injuries to their receivers, he's just been forced into those volume situations. So both of those guys are going to be there in the 15th round anyway. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Worthy could be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Yes. He's I like, sitting there. I like Worthy. Um, I like Running Worthy, back, there's McConkey, uh, or uh, Walker. Let's go with Let's go with Worthy. Okay. All right, so now we're sort of forced here, Bradley. We gotta we gotta chase running back and tight end, and try to grab a QB two. So our structure is really we've our got wild a QB two. We've got Drake May. Oh, and we've Drake got... May, a QB three. I meant. Are we, are we feeling comfortable enough about fragility at the quarterback spot to go Dak and May, or we want to? I a think third we don't know bye weeks yet. And one of the things that I realized is if you get screwed on bye weeks at the onesie position, like. That's disaster, especially quarterbacks. So I think three quarterbacks is the way to go. Yeah, I'm with you. And especially because we saw injuries just decimate the position this past year. I think that that's possible. Just get some insurance for uh, one of the starting quarterbacks that's out on the board. Um, you know, we well, I could. Put two, I put the two second year quarterbacks into consideration with Will Levis and Bryce Young, which is not. Not exciting, but again, structurally, get your QB3 out of the way. We could probably wait yep. to the 16th round with that. Um, running back-wise, where are you at? Because it's important that we start trying to build that position. 
Yeah, looking at running back. I like Bucky Irving. If -hmm. we're talking about rookies, I like Bucky Irving a lot. He sort of stands out for the guys left. Yeah, Marquise Bucky Irving. Yeah, we could go. We could go with him. I'm looking at some of the others, and it's it's looking a little tight. It's pick your poison at that point. So, so I think it's I think it's Irving for me as the guy who could stand out and kind of help this build. Yeah, let's do that. Let's take him. Okay, cool. Uh, Bradley, I think you got to put this in. I'm trying to click, and it's not clicking for me. So hit the. We'll hit the the need help. I don't know if there's any commission these drafts. I don't know. Oh, well, shoot. Okay. Well, they got to run that back for us. I think mine's frozen now, too, on FFPC. All right. I'm moving him manually up the queue. He was just, I threw him at the bottom, and Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't able to get him all the way up to the top of the queue. Well, hold on. Now it's not letting me type in the message board either. Yeah, you get you, your messages in. You're frozen. Yeah, we tried to. Do you want to? Uh, let me try logging out. Yeah, that's usually the best thing to do. Log out, log in. That All right, I did move because... him to the top of the queue, so we'll see if at least uh, Dan won't snipe us on the turn. But that's frustrating. Very, very, very true. Yes, I will not. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's tough because I I don't think in these draft rooms uh, for these these tourney drafts I don't think that they have uh, any commissioner on hand to to reverse anything. Okay. Well, we got two, we've got three rookie, no, four rookie wide receivers in this draft. Theo, just to recap for those who are listening, we started with Tyreek Hill, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, so some veteran wide receivers. And then Malik Neighbors in the fifth round. And then we went Josh Jacobs, Dak Prescott, DeAndre Swift, and then Brian Thomas, the rookie out of LSU. Braylon Allen in round 10 at RB35. Waller and Mayer at tight end. Drake May is our QB2 in round 13. And then Xavier Worthy and Xavier Leggett, rounds 14 and 15. Xavier Leggett was auto-picked. Uh, Irving did go off. Yeah, so there's. They're not going to change it then. Nope. Fortunately, you've still got Zeke Elliott there for you. So. (laughs) That's right. Uh, The savior. The savior. Yep. Just saying. Where did uh, oh Jonathan Brooks went off at forty one a couple rounds ago, round twelve. Mm-hmm. He was on the list for me. Um, so right now, Bradley, we need to hit running back. Yes, and we need to hit tight end. I think we're yes, we're, we do. we're we're done except for those spots. Yes. 
And I, wherever Antonio Gibson's going to land, someone's going to use him, right? Yeah, Antonio Gibson would be a good pick here in the 16th round. He's a quality selection. Shipley could be something. Maybe he gets pumped up. I put Shipley in there. I think he'll go by the fourth round. Yeah, he could do something. He was at Clemson. Now, the only other position to consider is adding our QB3. And if we're going to add a QB3, I'd rather add one that we're pretty sure is going to start next year. And Bryce Young would be it. Did uh, oh Jaden Daniels did go off? Yeah, while yeah he went a while, yeah, a while before ago. Drake May. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because the the third tier, however many tier of tight uh, quarterbacks, I don't think are going to be getting some immediate start. But we saw lots of quarterbacks get starts this year. Oh yep. man. Yeah, that's, that's why I went with Derek Carr where I did. I just, you know, with Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields as your two starting quarterbacks, you got to f- figure, you know, bye weeks aside, uh, you know, the chances of injury for either of those guys is a little bit higher than, you know, your average pocket quarterback. So I wanted, I wanted a good pocket quarterback that, you know, was more likely to stay healthy for most of the season, if not all of the season. Theo, there was a lot of steam for – uh, Penix Jr. going into the national championship, and then it just—he did not look great. He looked a little jumpy. Uh, didn't get great protection, and it was the Michigan defense. Like hats off to them. But there was steam about Penix getting into the top ten. Now it's like, will he be a first-round pick, right? Or is well, he a lock problem, in the first round? Where, where did that steam come from, though? I mean, I think that was more like you know fantasy people like us who <laughs> don't necessarily, you know. It, not to not to throw stones, but you know we we in the fantasy community sometimes get over our skis pretty quickly on things on dynasty, and uh, you know looking at quarterbacks like uh, Phoenix, you know somebody sees a good game, they're like, oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I think I'm somewhere in between, Dan, where I I agree with you that, that it was never quite that he was never quite there, um, mm-hmm. but I do think he's he'll go before like pick forty, pick forty five. I don't th- I think there's like a cutoff. J.J. McCarthy declaring does not help him because I think this will end up when it's all said and done being a five QBs go in the first round draft. But I think Bo Nix is the most like ready to step on an NFL field and start right away. And I think mm-hmm. somebody's going to a lot of teams are going to see him like that. I wonder if like Miami doesn't consider like Bo Nix right there. Um, so someone's going to fall to the to the second round. Um, that's that's only the only issue. But I don't know. Penix like. I'm not anti Penix, but he sure did not look good. But he's got a quick release. He's mobile in the pocket. He's just a little bit older, too. And also, Mm -hmm. what he doesn't have is, like, he's got the injury history where that physical is going to matter. Like, big-time injury history. Uh, So, I don't know. I'm I'm somewhere in between. But McCarthy, somebody might fall in love with and just sit on him for a year because he's he's only 20. And teams, I think, like these guys that are a little bit younger that they can mold. So there goes Gibson. Dan's suggestion of Zeke Elliott is starting to look a little bit better right now, Bradley. <laughs> Zeke Elliott or Jaleel McLaughlin, how are you feeling about him as he's petered out near the end of the season? I, I think that that's exactly the kind of guy that could be a, as a replacement level player just because they have no commitment to him, no draft yep. capital. Um, you know, it was sort of a perfect storm for him. Denver could say, you know, I'm going to draft one of these guys in like the fifth round. 
and all of a sudden McLaughlin has way more competition. Um, or I think Bigsby, did he – I, I a lot of either this year. Bigsby didn't do anything. Um, I think that we – I think we just bite the bullet and take Zeke here. Yeah. Zeke, uh, Zeke I, is fine. I think, I think he, it's a good value. I think he fits your build better for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. If we had Bucky Irving and Zeke right here, I'd feel really good about things. But oh. uh, Okay, so let's take Zeke. Draft Ezekiel Elliott. All right. All right, now that you've taken Elliott, uh, assuming he makes it to me, I'm going to take Julio McLaughlin because he's a great fit for my build. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, with with your build, you kind of needed somebody who could, you know, hold things down a little bit. And I'm more at the point where I'm, you know, wanting to take chances. You know, I'm, I'm going to make the bet that, hey, Denver's got enough other problems to solve. They're not going to really, you know, McLaughlin looked good. Uh, you know, because actually coming down the end of the stretch, you know, he kind of petered out for a while, but then he came back and, uh, you know, was really in there more than Pirine or anybody else. Uh, so it was it was starting to become more of a two-man split between him and uh, Javante Williams. So I'm just going to take the chance that they're going to say, hey, we got a guy here who's really cheap and uh, we know what he can do. Uh, you know, when you, when you show out a little bit your rookie year uh, at running back, uh, oftentimes that means good things. So we'll take the chance. We are deep in the weeds here, fellas, in the 17th round. This yeah. Real deep. It's time, time for me to turn my uh, attention probably over to wide receiver again here. And there are some interesting options up there. There's some really fun names right now. In our queue alone, we have four guys. Yeah. Uh, real nice. We'll, 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 real see nice. If, we'll see if you've got uh, one of the ones I have in my queue. I don't know. Hopefully, End Times is still with us here. He's normally pretty quick. But he's taking his time now. I'm probably, assuming he makes it back, I'm, I'm going to probably uh, hit Traylon Burks here. Uh, mm. you know, again, just because this is a, you know, he was, he was a first round pick. Uh, he's had more injury problems than anything else and quarterback problems. So I think Burks is an interesting pick. I think Tennessee still wants to, to get something out of him. Uh, I don't think he's quite dead yet. If he doesn't uh, fire this year though, that's it for him. Yeah. He's probably not. <sighs> We'll see, 17th though. round, you know. We'll see. Uh, so, Bradley, here, we're OTC. I would go Will Shipley and get another running back, a rookie who can catch passes out of Clemson, you know, broke out as a freshman. There's, like, literally no steam behind Will Shipley right now. There's no um, steam, yeah. None. because But he know, catches passes, and in a full PPR running back, he could hold down the fort. And he a had bit. A, nearly nearly three thousand rushing yards at Clemson, and you know yeah. almost 30, 30 rushing touchdowns. It's like prospect fatigue on him. But Bryce Young is our QB three. I think we Between, locked down QB three. It, it we're running out lockdown, of lockdown. Yeah, like lockdown QB three. Take Bryce Young. I'm adding some late running backs who have a yeah. uh, history of pass catching in college. 
just threw uh, two of them in there. Michael Wiley uh, out of Arizona and Blake Watson out of Memphis. I like Blake Watson and I like Wiley, but I don't think those guys can get drafted. Like Watson, I really like, but I don't know. This year, he might not. He might not get drafted. That's the Possible. problem with these guys. Whereas good rushing grades, good receiving grades, good volume. I think it's just a a lot of these like running backs that are nebulous and. It depends on what their combine is. Do they go to the senior bowl? What do they show out? A lot of those things are going to play into how teams value uh, them going forward. So, uh, I also threw into the queue Kareem Hunt, who just had two touchdowns in, in a uh, in a in a, in a playoff game. I he says he wants much. to come back to Cleveland. Listen, I mean. I don't, I don't know why it. why he would why he wouldn't, um, you know the guy just had two touchdowns in a playoff game and uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of gas left in the tank but I think there's a little bit in the 18th round. I I think that that's a a good fit for our build, Theo. Yeah. And Shipley, I think Shipley and Hunt kind of make the most sense. Yes. Uh, Tight end wise, team number one already has. I mean, I, I got to figure that's a timeout taking Janu there in the seventeenth. Yeah, I, I I would think so. Um, you know, because he definitely. Yeah, well, he did timeout on his first pick, so it would have been a timeout on the second. Because that 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 is the one thing I don't like as much about the FFPC. I think if you're on the end, you timeout on your first pick. They should allow you the full clock on the second pick. Uh, rather than making both picks, bam, bam. Uh, that's That to me is a little bit uh, harsh. Yeah, I agree on that. Huh, interesting. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about Ladd McConkie, and, uh, and boom, he got picked already. Yeah, McConkie goes off the board. Devontae's Walker, rookie, also goes off the board. Uh, you put in the queue Elijah Moore, who also goes off the board here. I'm I'm out on Elijah Moore. Like, he had has had time after time after time just chances and volume, and he was able to do nothing with it. So I, I saw a rookie year and then just dissipated. I don't know, Theo. I mean, we're talking 18th round here, Bradley. In the yeah. 18th round, how many weeks do you need to have an impact <laughs> uh, to, to pay off. Not too many. Like, Walker and McConkie are both great picks here. Demario yes. Douglas is a great pick here. Yes. Demario Douglas is just your classic, like, best yeah. ball guy. Yeah, that was uh, actually I was looking at if uh, Traylon Burks went. I was going to take Douglas there. So, it's a nice pick. I think that Chip... Of course. Of course. <laughs> So we're we're here. Marshawn Lloyd goes off the board. I had Lloyd and uh, and Shipley in my my top twenty five. They were like towards the tail end. Lloyd's interesting. Lloyd uh, was South Carolina transferred to USC. Uh, he was pretty efficient this year, and he doesn't have a whole lot of tread on the tires. Some people like him. Dontavian Wicks goes off the board. He was a player that I put in the queue. Yeah. I think yeah, he's I just a, one of those rotational Green Bay wide receivers. You, 
I think is going to be so much in our philosophy of is it Luke Musgrave or Tucker Craft? I think the answer is yes. And when it comes to Green Bay wide receivers, Jaden Reed, Watson, Wicks, Dubs, even Bo Melton had the touchdown yesterday. The answer is going to be yes. Like we want Green Bay players. Yes. Mm-hmm. I and and also like Wicks is nasty. Like the guy's just a baller. It's uh, it's like a complete eye testing with with Wicks, and we saw a lot out of him. You know what a what a great pick. All these they've had multiple. I mean, yesterday you saw you saw Romeo Dubs. They got him on day three. They get Wicks on day three. I just hit after hit. Melton was uh was cut by Seattle, but he was a day three guy. Yeah, and they're just so deep at the wide receiver spot in Green Bay right now and tight end. Yeah, and and the thing is, these Green Bay players, uh, all these pass catchers, make a lot more sense in the best ball because you know it really is going to be hard to see when the big weeks are coming. Uh, you know, where whereas if you were doing a managed league and you had Dontavian Wicks in there, you know, when it, 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 it's tough to stick him in your starting lineup, but you know, you're never surprised when he goes off either. I think what I'm figuring, Theo, in these early best ball drafts, like in looking at the board, one of the things that I think I want to hit more on is these. I know we went five wide receivers because of the value and because of the PPR and all of those reasons, but I think I do want to push up the running backs a little bit more. If we're going to get a lot of these projected day one and early day two draft capital wide receivers in rounds 12 through 16, I think that's a philosophy that you know we need to, now that we're seeing how the board is, is sifting out a little bit and the ambiguity of some of the other placements like the the Kendry Millers of the world going in round 14, Kenneth Gainwell going in 14. Like we were kind of hedged into taking Zeke Elliott because of this. So yeah. I wonder if in the future we look at okay, we're going to take a, a running back maybe for structural purposes more earlier so that you know we we're not taking as many shots on these running backs later. Maybe not three in the first five or anything like that but given how steep the drop-off is at running back that's something to consider yeah i mean i think okay you you guys definitely got boxed out a little bit on running back and you know that was unfortunate but and 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 the sad thing is you probably wouldn't have been boxed out so bad if you'd been able to make the pick in the 15th that you wanted to make so yeah that's uh you're right you're right about that if we had bucky irving in this team i'd feel a lot better but i think there's because you could have still taken zeke there's an yes. argument that if we would have gone back and, and and not taken Nico and gone with Rashad White in that third round, I think structurally we'd like this team a lot better. I have Rashad White, you know, in my way too early as 20th overall, but I also like Nico, you know, in full PPR. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think take, they're both good picks. Shipley. Yeah, let's take yeah, it's just a matter of structure. I think we take Shipley. All right. Good deal. Shipley is ours. Now we're 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 somewhat stuck into taking a tight end here. Um, there's I, I I think we have to dive into the rookie tight end uh, streets again. Take a shot on yeah. I think that it's this Theo year. Theo Johnson out of PS uh, Penn State. Theo Johnson's at the Senior Bowl. He's like a, a, a run. Will run in the four fives, and he's like legit size, like two sixty six five. Uh, Jaheim Bell is undersized uh, out of Florida State. He's very interesting. Um, 
Ben Sinnott is interesting out of Kansas State. Stover's from Ohio State. Yeah, um, you know, some people like him. Span Ford is from Dan's neck of the wood, Minnesota. He's a giant. I don't see him as anything next year doing anything fantasy wise. AJ Barner out of Michigan. I don't know if he's going to get the draft capital of those other guys. I'll say Dawson Knox, uh, though, Bradley. Like, Knox is not going to disappear off the face of no, the earth. he's not. And Dawson Knox here in the 19th round makes sense for this build if he has two weeks. I, I love Dawson Knox as a spike week. Just all he needs is a couple weeks out of him. Yeah, I think Dawson Knox is the pick if he's here. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a nice pick for your uh, for your build, for sure. I came around the corner with Demarcus Robinson now and Lazard. Uh, Robinson, you know, really kind of came on as the third receiver in uh, L.A. And Tyler Higbee, uh, you know, got that, that torn ACL uh, the last week of the season or, you know, yeah, it was the last week of the season. You know, so he's probably not going to be back right away. I I'm just gambling in the 18th round that maybe Demarcus Robinson finally found a home, uh, and that he might, you know, have at least a couple spike weeks. And then Alan Lazard, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves him. It doesn't matter what kind of weapons <laughs> the Jets add. He's he's gonna he's gonna get Lazard some targets. So you know, and, and Lazard is not a bad uh, red zone weapon or end zone weapon either. So he can uh, he can catch those touchdowns. Uh, Rodgers is used to looking for him there, so it's it. it to me, those were kind of easy picks, uh, just to kind of fill out the back end of the wide receiver room. And Theo, if we don't get uh, sniped on Kareem Hunt, I think he's he's uh, strong consideration there. Well, it it just comes down to we don't feel great about either. We're fragile at tight end and fragile at running back. We could go with the tight end here, or we could go with Kareem Hunt. Um, it's sort of a it's sort of a tough tough position to be in. That's I mean, in twenty rounds, the, the, the timeout pick we sort of that that sort of uh, gets us in a little bit of trouble. And I'll throw out Daniel Bellinger as a name based on our Darren Waller. It's very much a, a purgatory pick. It's structural, if anything, and you're you're basically adding a a tight end two, uh, not a tight end one type guy. Uh, if Waller does miss time. But I think Bellinger, like them adding another tight end to the mix with Waller and Bellinger, I'm not sure. I think they are they have too many needs to address in New York to really put anything into that. Yeah, I think they would just keep Bellinger. They wouldn't, they wouldn't address tight end. Um, so I'm okay going, going Kareem Hunt here, though, uh, and just going super, super fragile at tight end. I mean, three is pretty fragile we... based on based on Waller and Mayer. You know, not a whole lot of uh, if we add these three guys together, what do we get? Tight end 15 <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah, the fragility is um, is there, but I think the upside is also the swings that were taken and the replacement level for these um, tight end. Like if these tight ends replace it's probably what three points, five points instead of zero. We need to get, we need to be really, really good at wide receiver for this build. And we need our tight ends not to get hurt, but it's a fun place to be. Yeah. 
And I like that uh, Lazard pick late, uh, Dan. I know you hit on that earlier, but when Lazard and Rodgers were together, Lazard was like a top 15 wide receiver in terms of rate of top five weeks. Um, he was really – he had a couple spike weeks that were just massive. And if it's just Garrett Wilson as the number one, I mean, that wide receiver room is way open. And who is it? Brownlee, Cobb? Like, there's no one else in New York that could be, you know, vying for, for targets. And, and my bias, you know, the Lazard jersey right behind me, I have to you know, shout <laughs> you out there, there, Dan, the signed Lazard jersey. So, you know, I, I, the hopes yeah. can't die or else I have to replace the jersey, you know. <laughs> I knew as long as I grabbed a Green Bay guy or former Green Bay guy, you'd be okay with it. I yeah. After the the heart wrenching loss last night, that's something that I'm still trying to get over here. Yeah, that that was a good game. It was a, it was a lot of fun. But I'll tell you what, that's that, that throw by love. That was a that was a that was oof. a bad one. Oh, that, that was, was bad at the end. Bad at the end. That was a huge oof. Yeah, you just gotta. That, they're gonna spend half the off season just like, all right, Jordan Love, throw it away. Throw it away. Don't throw it across your body. Bradley, I put two more rookie running backs into the mix. Dylan Lobb and Ray Davis. Ray Davis might get the draft capital. Dylan Lobb's at the Senior Bowl. He -hmm. could be a a real riser. He he led FCS in all-purpose yardage as a junior two years ago. And then this year, he caught like almost 70 passes for New Hampshire. Um, Really crazy receiving numbers. He had a 295 uh, receiving yards or something against Central Michigan. Or something 250. Something over 200 yards receiving against Central Michigan in like the one game against FCS. Where their whole game plan was just pass it to Dylan Lobb out of the backfield. And Central Michigan couldn't stop it. It was like a 45-42 game. Uh, And it was like, he went nuts. Uh but he'll be in Mobile, and uh, that's a guy who could rise. Um, so that's one to consider. I see Jalen Wright went in the 19th round, and there's some people who really like him out of Tennessee. But I'm okay with Kareem Hunt here. Yeah, we can go Hunt, or we can go uh, – I like the the Ray Davis pick. He's able to catch a lot of passes. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, he was Vanderbilt in Kentucky. And he put up huge numbers this year. Uh, I think he had seven receiving uh, touchdowns this year. At Kentucky. And he's 5'10", 216. So, yeah. so let's go Ray. If, if you like Ray Davis, so let's go Ray Davis. I think yeah, him and Lobb are similar bets. Yeah, not often you can uh, grab the lead singer of the Kinks. That's right. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Ray Davies. Sorry. <laughs> Also, somebody that I have to think. Is he still alive? I don't know. I think he is. 31-23, Detroit. Tampa yep. just scored. Yeah. Mike Mike Evans. Oh, wait. No. All right. We're going Ray Davis. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, Ray Davis. Dan, you're going you're gonna to wrap it up for us? Who's, who's Mr. Irrelevant for you? You know, I think I'm going to take one more swing at tight end. 
there's nothing really that appeals. I mean, you know, we are on the, the end of the 20th, but um, I think I'm okay at running back. I think I'm okay at wide receiver. Uh, so quarterback, I feel good about. Tight end, I'll just take that one more shot on. Durham Smythe. There you go. Well, guys, it was an absolute pleasure drafting with you. And this is the first final draft, I believe, in the FFPC for 2024 for their best ball in their way to early drafts. We were the ADP establishers. We were the ones who drove up some ADPs and dropped down some. Theo, Dan, it's been great. Make sure you guys are following Theo on Twitter at the OG Fantasy. He directs our content here at Player Profiler. And Dan Williamson at Overhype Sleeper. Make sure you guys are also following him on the X Machine because he's going to be bringing great content at Player Profiler throughout uh, this offseason and through the season uh, here on Stack Hunters and in a lot of other places. Uh, I'm Bradley at FF Stalder. Make sure you guys are checking out all the Stack Hunters. This will... Uh, Stack Hunters usually shows on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. And uh, it will be looking at going every week for the rest of the offseason. So, guys, it's been great drafting with you. Yeah, you as well, Bradley. This won't be the yep. last time me, you, and Dan get a draft in under our belts here at Player Profiler. Yep, absolutely. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to spending some time with Bradley on Stack Hunters and uh, chopping it up. And uh, we'll, we'll get this ADP thing figured out. We got a good start on it today, but, uh, you know, we got we to gotta work on it a little more. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, good luck in the best ball streets, everybody. All right.